This is Construction Business Mastery, episode number 12. In the fast-paced, high-tech world of construction today, 80% of the new start construction companies go broke or out of business within the first year. In five years, only 2% of the construction companies remain. Construction Business Mastery is dedicated to providing educational information and resources necessary for construction companies to succeed and prosper. Hello. This is Glenn Wilson, and I'll be your host of this episode of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. This is our 12th podcast in a series of podcasts that are dedicated to assisting independent and medium-sized contractors succeed and prosper in the construction industry. In this month's feature segment, we are going to be looking at probably the most important document that you can prepare on your construction project. It's the Daily Report. And in our legal segment, we'll be looking at a very interesting case where a residential contractor, after signing a contract with payment provisions, permitted the project owner to alter the payment schedule in order to accommodate the financing arrangements they had with the bank and the ramifications that occurred when the owner and contractor entered into a dispute that resulted in litigation. In our safety segment this month, we're going to do something just a little different. We're going to take a look at five safety measures that you can follow to avoid common stress and injury on construction sites. And in our quick tips and bonus section, we're going to recap a lot of the bonuses that we'd offered in the past and give you some insight on our new Construction Business Mastery Alliance website that will be coming online in July. We have been working over two years to make this site a resource for every independent and medium-sized contractor in the country. Hello, and welcome to this month's feature segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. Well, here we are now at the 1st of May, and it has certainly been an interesting month of April. I don't know about your area, but here in the south and in our region, it has rained 28 days out of the last 34. This makes it very difficult to get anything done if you're working outside in construction. This has also caused delays on several of our projects. And as I was thinking about it, I thought I would look at how these delays should be properly documented, which led me to the topic of this month's feature segment, that is, the Construction Daily Report. The Daily Report is the single most important document concerning a construction project. It not only serves as a record of work, The daily report helps the author think through the day's work and aids in planning for the next day. And it can, if needed, provide supporting data for settling change orders, claims, and disputes. Ultimately, it becomes a tool for identification of problems and sometimes can serve as formal notice if given to the owner on a regular basis. 
we have made it a practice to always turn over our daily reports to all of the team members involved in the project. That includes the owner, the architect, and other contractors. There are several things that need to be done for a daily report to be accurate and complete and to satisfy any admissibility requirements if they are needed in litigation or mediation. Daily reports must be prepared and kept in the regular course of business. The author who prepares the report must do so as a part of that person's business function. If the daily reports are handwritten, they need to be neat and legible. This is generally not a problem if they are kept in an electronic documentation system. The reports must be made from personal knowledge of the person writing the report. The report must be written at the time the events occur, which should be daily. Elements from the report must not be omitted that are normally included. The basic elements of a daily report should include the company name, project name and number, date, weather and site conditions, and, if possible, a report number. The report should record the contractor's own forces, including supervisory personnel, hours worked, activities, and descriptions. Equipment used on the project should be listed with hours worked or if it was idle and when it was brought on or off the job site. Subcontractors, hours, including supervisory, skilled, and labor, should be listed. Overtime hours should be itemized separately. A section should be provided for additional information. This would include new work started, work completed, special problems encountered, delays encountered, immediate requirements for upcoming work, any special documents received, any instructions received in the form of verbal or written communications, any commitments made, any requests for inspections and tests, report of any accidents, inspections or inspectors on the job site, visitors also should be listed. It is also very helpful to take photographs and attach them to the daily report. It is extremely important that once you start the daily reporting process, that a daily report be filed every day for the duration of the project. There is no excuse for not maintaining complete and thorough daily reports on a construction project. I became an avid believer in daily reports almost 20 years ago. We were the general contractor for a small municipal building. We were plagued with a lot of weather problems. And the long and short was that we were about 45 days late completing the project. Our daily reports truly did save the day. In one particular case, the county judge accused our crews of leaving the projects on Friday afternoons to go dig ginseng root, and he even produced his calendar with a specific date that he said that we were not on the project. We were able to produce the daily report for that project on the day in question, including all the men that were on the project, the hours that they worked, and lo and behold, it was on a Friday afternoon, and we had photographs of the men working on the roof. Needless to say, the credibility of that particular witness was utterly destroyed. Too many times I've heard the excuse from supervisors and foremen 
saying they don't have time for the paperwork. As the owner of the company or project manager, you must enforce it as being a part of and a requirement of their job. It is now time for the legal segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. The information in this section is taken from the Construction Claims Advisor with the express permission of WP Publishing Company. This month we're going to be looking at a very interesting case which involved a residential contractor building a home and how by not following your terms and conditions of your contract and allowing the homeowner to change them, you may have to live with the consequences. Background. The Sheltons entered into a fixed-price contract with Starlight Construction Company to build a home on a lot the Sheltons owned in Westport. The contract called for payment of an initial retainer of $150,000, payment of another $150,000 at the commencement of the framing, 75000 upon completion of the drywall, and the remaining balance 75000 upon project completion. The Sheltons planned to finance the construction of the home with a construction loan, but did not inform Starlight of their intent. After execution of the construction contract, the Shelton learned that the construction loan draw schedule was inconsistent with the payment terms of the construction contract. The Sheltons informed Starlight of the problem and made an initial retainer payment of $90,000. Starlight accepted the non-conforming payment and started work. When the foundation was complete, the Sheltons made a $53,800 payment. Another payment of $86,600 followed. The relationship between the Sheltons and Starlight deteriorated and the Sheltons unilaterally terminated the construction contract. The Shelton sued Starlight and its owners for breach of contract. The defendant, Starlight Construction, counterclaimed for breach, alleging, among other things, the failure to adhere to the contractual payment schedule. A trial court found that both parties modified or waived the terms of the construction contract. Neither had been in breach. Both parties appealed. The appellate court of Connecticut affirmed the trial court ruling. The party's conduct evidenced the intent to modify the payment terms of the construction contract to conform to the available cash flow generated by the construction loan draw schedule. Starlight repeatedly accepted non-conforming payments and continued work. Starlight could not now say that the Sheltons breached the payment terms of the contract. The party's conduct evidences a mutual assent to modify the contract payment terms in accordance with the construction loans draw schedule. Starlight worked on the project for 10 months before raising the issue of funding. Starlight's failure to enforce the contract's original payment terms and assent to being paid pursuant to the terms of the draw schedule, clearly evidenced that the parties agreed to modify the contract's original payment terms. Therefore, it cannot be said 
that the plaintiff's failure to adhere to the contract's original payment terms is a material breach of the agreement. This just goes to show that if you're working on a contract and permit the terms and conditions of that contract to be modified by absence of any action on your part and continue to do the work, you could have to live with the consequences. And now it's time for the safety segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. In our past podcast, we've done a lot of talking about companies violating safety laws and being fined by OSHA and how much those fines can amount to. But I think now everybody understands from listening to this podcast that OSHA is serious about fining those companies that violate safety regulations. So this month we're going to do something a little different. I have uh, come up with five very practical things that we can stress to our employees that will help eliminate injury on our construction job sites. The first one we need to teach our employees is to lift objects properly. Backaches are every construction worker's number one nightmare. While it's very easy to get injured by carrying heavy loads, It's not that hard to avoid this hazard altogether. Teach your employees to bend their knees and lift with their legs to avoid twisting from side to side when turning and lifting. In order to maintain balance, put one foot slightly forward of the other. And, if you're lifting a lot of heavy loads, be sure to wear a back brace. The second is to use ergonomically correct, portable, high-powered tools. Tools are supposed to make our construction work easier. Of course, we all know this, but we still find ourselves reaching out for the same hammer that puts strain on our hands or pull out those pliers that always seem to slip from our grip. Frequently using poorly designed tools could cause a person to develop such conditions as corporal tunnel syndrome, tendonitis, white finger, and trigger finger. Even power tools can cause some serious problems with their high vibration and excessive noise. For this reason, we must make sure that the power tools we choose for our workers not only have lower vibration, but have long triggers. We should also consider left-handed and right-handed workers when selecting tools. The third thing we can think about is teaching our employees to sit down when working at lower levels. Avoiding squatting or kneeling when you have work to do at a lower level. By sitting on a stable stool, you avoid straining your knees and waist. The fourth thing to talk about with our employees is to keep your wrists and your arms basically in neutral or in a neutral position. Otherwise, by the end of workday, your body will be suffering from swelling, tingling, strains, and pains. These are the conditions that lead to things like corporal tunnel syndrome. The fifth item is another very simple thing, and that's to make sure that we teach our folks to balance the weight in their tool belt. Tool belts sure are small and handy, but they have the ability to put your body out of alignment. This is unless you keep the weight in it balanced. 
We need to teach our folks that when we find our tool belts and other tools hanging off them out of balance, we need to adjust them so that they are balanced. These are some pretty simple and common things that we need to teach our employees and go over with them, but these simple things can save a lot of stress and strain on the human body. And now it's time for the quick tips and bonus section of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. As I now complete the 12th podcast in this series, I realize that we've been doing this now for a little over a year, and we have close to 10,000 listeners who have downloaded a copy of these podcasts. I think that's a pretty significant number. But again, I'd like to encourage everyone who listens to this podcast, particularly those that have downloaded it from iTunes, please go to iTunes and write a review of the information that we have provided or at least rate the podcast and let us know how you like it. It will be very helpful for us for our future podcasts. I would also like to encourage everyone who has not taken the Construction Company Success Evaluation to go to the show notes and take the survey. It's very interesting that the overall average score now is still under 50%. We are going to include in the show notes a lot of the special offers that we have presented over the past year, starting with NCORP where you can receive a discount on your incorporation or LLC formation, which is the first step in organizing your new construction company. We are also including links to QuickBooks, where you will receive a 20% discount on the purchase of QuickBooks for contractors, PlanSwift, which is our preferred estimating software, and Open Workbench scheduling software. And again, I'd like to recommend, for any of you who have not read it yet, Jeff Peden's book on Take It to the Max, which, as I said earlier, is one of the best books for achieving great success in your company that I've read this year. And now for a very special quick tip. In July, we will be launching Construction Business Mastery Alliance website, which is a membership site that is absolutely chucked full of helpful information, tools, and discounts, along with access to all of the consultants here at Construction Business Mastery for consultation. This website and all of the information that has gone into it has been over two years in development. Currently, we have over 120 people who have signed up for advanced membership. These people will receive an early email notification prior to our actual opening the membership site for members to join and will be offered a very special discount. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, please sign up for the early notification, which you will find at www.constructionbusinessmastery.com. And remember, don't hope you will succeed. Plan for success. (laughs) 